Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I am joined by my good friend, Aram, in Toronto. What's up, Aram? Hello. Long time. Yeah, I know. You avoided the show for uh, for all the dog days of the season. Congratulations. I, I think a lot of us have been slogging through the dog days. I was watching a lot of the games, but, uh, you know, Steph's slump and what's wrong with the Warriors and... Yeah. Um, but then the win streak and Kaminga's ascension. So, and now we have the trade deadline, which was really, uh, yeah, I think it was a fruitful day. I think, uh, I, I certainly feel happy. It's not, uh, it's not the NBA draft and Warriors Christmas, but, uh, but maybe some <laughs> other of the lesser holidays. Yeah. Yeah. The trade, li- the trade deadline is, I mean, I just love it because I mean, the best thing about being a fan in general is like, the hypotheticals, the hope, the scheming, and trying to figure out who could end up where and imagining what players would work out with uh, other players and all that jazz. Um, I wasn't sure anything was going to happen, but I mean, let's start off with the big one, right? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the James Harden, Ben Simmons trade, uh, Harden goes to the Philadelphia 76ers, Ben Simmons, uh, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and a couple first rounders to the Nets. What do you think of that? Uh, Well, first off, it was uh, hallelujah. (laughs) Because, you know, you and I and everybody else has been talking about Ben Simmons since since the game, what was it? Game seven of the playoffs last year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the moment when he got called out and, and it just, you know, everybody knew it wasn't going to work out. So this has been dragged out like long enough. Um, so, you know, I also, uh, full disclosure, uh, we were talking earlier this week. It's like, hey, do you want to do a uh, trade deadline episode? It's like, well, let's see if Harden gets traded for Simmons. <laughs> because, I mean, not look, I mean, there's been a lot of uh, ink spilled and there will be, people will be talking about this trade for a long time just because it was so drawn out. You have lots of huge personalities involved in this. Um, not just the players, but the people who run the teams. Uh, it's an intra-conference uh trade and and i so there's lots of things to say about it and everybody will talk about it but i i I mean it it definitely is a relief in a lot of ways and you know one of the things that uh i've talked about it's you know a big baseball fan and a lot of the time in baseball you know there's the idea of the challenge trade right it's Mm -hmm. like um you know you you're, you're trading you you're just trading for a better fit right and and you see you see how it's going to turn out. Who's going to get the better of this? And you know, looking at this trade, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's why it's really fun to think about this. It's a, it's a, it's a great challenge trade, and that it's happening between two teams in the same conference, in the same uh, division. Yeah, geographically close to each other. Uh, yeah. That's really cool. I, 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 so it's really fun to see this, and it, it's, it's just another reason to be uh, excited about the the last quarter of this season. Yeah, when they were talking about this trade, I was like, please make this happen because I hope, I would just love to see these two teams meet in the playoffs. Yes. Especially if it's like the Eastern Conference Finals because yes. I I don't know when the last time two teams in the same division 
that both had legit championship aspirations traded star players. Like, I don't think that's ever happened that I can recall, you know? Mm -hmm. So seeing them play again, because you said they're so geographically close to each other, it'll just be really, really intense, you know, in that tri-state area. And I mean, it'll, it'll be absurd, right? Because the Nets fans have a reason to boo the hell out of James Harden. Yeah. But obviously the Philly fans have even more of a reason to get on Ben Simmons and make it more intense for him. But those Philly games, if you know all the New York pandemic man- mandates hold through the playoffs, those are the games where they're going to get Kyrie Irving right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in Philly. And I think it's a great trade for both teams in general, considering where they were at. Yeah. Daryl Morey, he held out. Mm-hmm. It was worth it for him. He got somebody better than CJ McCollum. He got somebody better than De'Aaron Fox, whatever, all those names that got tossed out. And, you know, like he, for him, I'm sure it's like he didn't even look at Ben Simmons, right? It's like, okay, we don't have Ben Simmons on the court. I'm giving up Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a couple picks. I'm getting James Harden. Mm-hmm. And it's good for them. They They need to buy in when Joel Embiid is playing like an MVP, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it doesn't work out, if they get a title, great. You know, it was all worth it. If it doesn't work out, you know, they come up short, then at least they tried and Maury moves on and somebody else rebuilds the team or fixes that team at, at some other point. So I think it was yeah. totally worth it for, for, for their side. Yeah. If you were, if you were, you know, it, it kind of fulfilled the, the original, trade potential when he was trying to get out of Houston, right? It was like, it was either Philly or Brooklyn. So uh, it kind of recalibrated the universe, I guess, or reset it. Um, and then, you know, if you were to grade out how both teams made out on this, I, I think you would give both teams a really good grade and, you know, they both got better. And uh, yeah, Simmons was totally a dead asset. He was never going to play for them again. And can you imagine what it would have been like to have the last quarter of the season and they didn't trade him? It was just you know, uh, I, they had to do this trade and that they got James Harden for this. Now, I, I would say, um, you know, I, I I would have questions if I was a Sixers fan, if I was Sixers management or Sixers players. Like, uh, if this goes badly, uh, what's James Harden going to do, right? I mean, apparently he's opted into the next year. Uh, uh, he's opted into next year's contract. Mm. Um, so he'll be around for the next year. Um, but now it's like twice in two years that he's forced his way out of a situation when things got, uh, you know, a little off track or the situation wasn't what he wanted. So when is he going to cut and run uh, on this team? And also, uh, you know, obviously a little Warriors homerism here is like he could never, uh, you know, he never could put us away, right? He could never put the, the mm-hmm. Warriors away. So even when things were tough within a series, like he couldn't pull it out, right? I mean, I mean that was always part of the the Warriors strategy, um, which they've they've kind of hinted at over time is just like, just wear him out, just wear him out. He's going to give up, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but at the same time, I mean, he's an all-NBA player in the past, former MVP, he's still an all-star. So, how, you know, he was at the top of the list of people, you know, Maury had his list of top whatever players and they got one, 
So uh, for Simmons and yeah, you can kind of, at first I was like, Whoa, two first round picks, but it's just like you said, like, well, who cares? Right? Like if they, if they have a real shot, then, you know, it's worth it. Yeah. When I look at this, I'm like, okay, when you compare one to the other, to me, the nets came out better ahead, but like you're saying, it's like, if you're just Daryl Morey and you're in the Sixers bubble, like this is a good scenario. This is a good win. You know what I mean? Because like mm-hmm. comparing not necessarily to what you, what the nets got, what the nets will have with a Ben Simmons, who's actually going to be on the court, but just like what your options were, this was your best option. So I I think it'll be great theater when they meet on March 10th. I think it'll be phenomenal theater when, if and when they meet in the playoffs. And I look at the Nets and I wanted the Nets to get Ben Simmons because I was like, oh, I want to see like the Nets be a little bit better. But my question for you is like, are you worried at all about the Nets getting their act together with Ben Simmons, with another shooter now, with uh, Kyrie Irving maybe showing up more often and Kevin Durant coming back. Are you worried about them if if they make it through and the Warriors make it through the finals? Oh, oh okay. There's a few questions there. Am I worried about them getting it together? Like if I was a Nets fan, absolutely. Like when is KD coming back? Uh, is Kyrie going to play more than road games? Uh, is Ben Simmons right in in his head? Like, prob- you know, I think so. I mean, you know, these things can work out, but you know, how many games do they have left? 20, 25, whatever. Um, it's not a lot of time to figure these things out. I think it really hinges on KD coming back and coming back right. I mean, we saw in the playoffs last year, there was, you know, him and a half of Harden and a bunch of dudes and they still almost, you know, they still almost pulled it off. So, you know, if he's healthy and he's right, then things will fall into place. Uh, even if it's Kyrie can only play, play road games or whatever. Um, but so I think it really hinges on that. Do I worry about um, the nets in a potential matchup? I mean, I, I I was thinking about like what of all of these trades today uh, affects the Warriors the most, and and I was like, well, you know, the Nets, both the Nets and the Sixers got better, um, but it only affects the Warriors because you only got to play one of them, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and at that point, uh, I'll take my chances, right? So I'm not too worried. Um, there's a lot. There's a long road to get there. Who would you want to see? We haven't seen these teams together obviously this trade just happened but like if you had to say right now if the warriors were to get to the finals which one of those teams if it was going to be one of those two sure i mean maybe it's the bucks or the heat but like if it were the sixers or the nets which one would you pick i would pick the sixers because i mean i i would worry about that because we don't have a lot of size uh matisse Tybel guards Steph really well uh, and they got blipping Danny Green as well they have still have him Warriors yeah. kryptonite and uh and but I was <laughs> Sixers too because like I'm not really worried about James Harden yes um whereas Kyrie we've seen him in a playoffs and it's uh and and we know what 
KD can do in a finals. <laughs> and and by then they would be if they had gotten that far, that means they're kind of humming on all cylinders, you know, right. or enough yeah. cylinders to have gotten there. I, I go with the Sixers too, because like you said, Kyrie, I mean, we just saw Kyrie go off on the Warriors in San Francisco a few weeks ago, right? Like yeah. we saw that he still has that ability. And yeah, KD is one of the best players in the league. Joel Embiid, I'll take my chances on a guy who hasn't proven it yet in the playoffs, right? Just that's a that's a that's a fact. He hasn't won anything yet. And James Harden, man, all you gotta do is get in that guy's head a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> oh no, the Warriors again. And then <laughs> yeah. you're, you're halfway home, right? Same with Daryl Morey. You're just like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> not these guys. <laughs> it's just kind of an absurd trade when you look at it. The fact that it that it happened in this context to me, right? Like it's 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 it would be like I don't know, the, the it'd be like the Warriors and the Suns making a trade. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> we'll give you Clay Thompson and uh, a pick for Devin Booker and Cameron Johnson. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you could say it's, I mean, yeah, I don't, I can't really think of another trade like this. And, you know, I think it has the potential to really shake the league in a way in that, you know, the nets kind of manufactured this big three, this juggernaut, and it didn't work out. Like it, completely didn't work out. I mean, there's a number of factors in it, like obviously the COVID restrictions um, play a big factor in that, but it's like, it's the personalities at the end of it, right? Mm -hmm, Whether it's mm -hmm. COVID or not, it's the personalities. I, you know, again, there's going to be lots of uh, tales told of this time, but um, you know, you just already seen some of it that like, Oh, you know, Harden and Kyrie weren't feeling each other and, you know, Kyrie, Kyrie was burning sage in the, in the <laughs> locker room and, and Harden, this is the Joe Varden article and, and yeah. Harden looked at him like he had three heads, <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, you know, it sounds absurd, but like you can completely picture it with these like massive superstar egos. And these are guys who are used to having their own team and being, being mm -hmm. the guy, you know, you know, the other thing too, I mean, so, so I'm curious is, you know, how will that, um, affect kind of super team constructions in in the future like this is all player driven right so how will that happen down the line uh, the other thing too that it made me think about was like oh you know just thinking back like it's not like these guys don't know each other sure they've never been teammates with mm -hmm. each other but but you know they've probably gone back to even like middle school and aau oh, yeah, like yeah. They, they've they've they go back a a, a long time so yeah. You know, you know, we all change. We're all different people than we were when we were 15 or whatever. But but just, you know, just thinking about Harden being like, man, Kyrie's weird now. <laughs> or, like, or like, who's this guy? He used to be, uh, you know, like how much how much we all kind of grow and diverge from uh, even though that these guys have grown up together. Right. Uh, they, they become their own people. and And it's all kind of um determined or or their paths are also determined by the organizations that they landed in and you know the amount of superstar attention they've got and all the ch challenges that they have and all the attention and um so i mean i feel like yeah as an as a as a team or a fan you'd still want 
the top players. You you'd like to shoot your shot, but but the fact that they only played whatever fifteen games together, the three of them, is, mm-hmm. it's crazy. I've always loathed James Harden and his game. Right, like I you know totally. that I know you do too. But I'll be honest, like I can't. I don't really blame James Harden for wanting out of that. You know, I don't mm-hmm. like I. I would have been frustrated as hell, you know, like going over there and having this be not what I expected. So mm-hmm. it kind of seems like he wanted to go to Philly in the first place, you know, yeah, and yeah, be reunited so. with Gerald Mori. But then what's his name? It's named Tillman Fertitta. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, he wasn't going to send him over there. But uh, yeah, it, it's exciting, man. It's going to make the rest of the season really really interesting i've laid off watching a lot of other teams on league pass just because of you know i don't have the time but i 100 am gonna gonna start tuning into nets games and sixers games uh, absolutely just, you know for it's it's gonna be ridiculous moving on uh what did you think about the trade that sent Dematis Sabonis from Indiana to <laughs> SAC and then also sent Tyrese Halliburton to Indiana. I actually, off the top of my head, I don't remember the other pieces because this was like yesterday or something. Yeah, I know. It's, it's so like so much. Yeah. So it was much like 10 happened. years ago. Yeah. It's like, well, Buddy Heald also went to the Pacers and right. um, a couple of uh, wings went back to Sacramento. Right. Um, Jeremy man, this, Lamb. And uh, uh, one of the holidays. Um, oh yeah, right, right, right. Not Justin, not Drew. I, the other one, was it Aaron? Aaron? I think it was. No, we'll have to fact check that. But maybe it was um, Justin. One of the holidays. Okay, yeah. I mean, I feel like I I reacted like how most people did. Like, wait, what? The Kings <laughs> did what? Like, that's the last guy they should have traded, right? Trade all the rest. Um yeah. No joke. I mean, hundred percent. Like when you say it's not even like exaggeration literally the last guy they should have traded yeah i mean i know you have to trade you have to give up something to get something um but did do you really want sabonis that bad <laughs> that I, I i mean he's he's cool he's doing he has a he's having a good season he's been a two-time all-star you know what it made me think was it made me uh think back to pre lake Warriors trades. Uh, it yeah. it kind of made me feel like the David Lee trade, you know, but except we didn't give up, uh, you know, we didn't give up uh, a, a, a budding star. Steph? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be, yeah. That's kind of what it would be like, right? Yeah. But just like this desperate grab for uh, an all-star and quote unquote, I make it air quotes, uh, yeah. all-star player. And Sabonis is better than David Lee was, but like not that much better. And it's, you know, kings being the kings. Yeah, I made the same comment. I said that this move reminds me of the Kohan 90s era Warriors moves where they would just like, oh, uh, let's, we've messed up. So let's get this guy. Oh, he's an all-star, you know? Mm -hmm. I can imagine Vivek being like, he's an all-star. Let's get him, you know? And, And like Tyrese Halliburton, I'm sorry, like he he's just one of those guys that 
makes other guys better. He's he's one of those guys that has those intangibles that helps a team win. And they haven't won much yet, but that's because of the other guys around him. I mean, Darren Fox and his massive contract, I guess nobody wanted him. I guess Indiana didn't want him. Yeah. And I wouldn't either because he is just some dude that can put up numbers, right? He's not anybody that can affect winning, which is a shame considering how good I thought he was in the tournament. You know, he made long. Oh, he's he's completely silly. regressed. Yeah. 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 That, I mean, that's what happens when you give somebody just the keys to, uh, you know, to, to do whatever they want and don't really have like a, uh, a winning culture. But yeah, this is one of those bandaid moves as like things like, oh, okay, we just need to make the play in round so badly. This, this felt like those trades, like, you know, you mentioned the David Lee trade, but also, all the other moves in general, like the the Gugliotta and Danielle Marshall trade, <laughs> obviously that had to do with Sprewell hating and like being and like basically icing out Tom Gugliotta, you know. But just all those uh, we panic moves to do something, you know. And I can't believe that they moved a guy that they should have kept that they could have built their franchise around. Granted, he wasn't some kind of lights out scorer or some uh, high flying dunker, but he had all those other things on both ends of the court. He could play. And he's 21 and yeah. he has, he's on a rookie contract. He, you know, he's eligible, you know, that means you can resign him to an extension. It just like, it just doesn't make sense on so many levels. I mean, you know, I think that maybe we are overrating Halliburton a little bit, but sure. But be, but because of those reasons, he's on a rookie contract. He's shown like massive potential this year. Like, yeah, sure. He may not be first team all NBA, but I mean, there's a universe. He could be third team, maybe, you know, sneak in there. Or like there's a universe. He could be an all-star and just like, I, it, it also seems like they're like, we need to clear this buddy healed contract too. When, meanwhile, like buddy healed would be a great fit with Sabonis. Cause it's like, Sabonis can pass out to a shooter, but now they mm. don't have any shooters. Like Harrison Barnes uh, is like their is like their best shooter. So yeah. I, it, this was a total head scratcher, and and you got to think the Pacers were be be like, wow, well, you know, let's just let's just let's just ask for Halliburton. Let's see what they say. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean that Pacers uh, backcourt rotation of Halliburton, our guy Chris Duarte. And if they keep Malcolm Brogdon, I mean that's a very solid, fundamentally sound yeah, grouping yeah. of of uh, of players. Well, I was kind of thinking that uh, Halliburton is kind of like a souped-up version of Brogdon. He's like it's like Brogdon two point mm. You know, guy can do a little bit of everything, and um, and is good. So I don't know, man. I, I I feel for Kings fans because we've been there. A friend of mine is a Kings fan, uh, Julius, and I hadn't communicated with him like during the pandemic. I, I haven't, uh, you know, <laughs> communicated with many people <laughs> during the pandemic, but I texted him. <laughs> I was like, man, I can't believe they traded Halliburton. <laughs> <laughs> and what did he say? And uh, he texted me. I, this was yesterday. And then this morning he texted me back. Uh, he, he said, yeah, man, crazy. Like, uh, that's Vivek for you. <laughs> and then I said, "Hey, at least you you got rid of Bagley." And he's like, "What?" And, then, <laughs> and the Bagley thing, it's just insane, right? Like, so you skip 
you pass on Luca, you pass on Trey, you end up with Bagley, and then oh man, I forgot who they got for him. They but, got uh, Dante Divincenzo. Dante uh, Divincenzo. DDV. DDV. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and a couple other dudes. But it was just like, oh wow, that's yeah. that's what it is. And again, that's a move that the '90s era Warriors would make. And I also say the David Kahn era Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, <laughs> like like those are two franchises that I mean. I, I texted my friend. I was like, man, I, as, a, as a longtime Warriors fan, I, I totally understand how you probably feel right now. You know, it, it, it's funny you brought up Bagley because like amongst all the trades that happened today, it was like that was one of the ones who were like, ooh, I'm really excited to see Marvin Bagley in Detroit. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I'm kind of uh, I, I kind of like Detroit. I like their roster. I like oh, their yeah. pieces. It's fun. And uh, I, I want to see him, you know. He's free, right? He's free from the Kings and and all the shackles they had on him. So, uh, and, and they were mostly roster construction issues and and culture, right? So, you know, this is a, I mean, this is almost like a challenge trade for him. It's it's like a it's like a it's like an Andrew Wiggins situation where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, this guy's been really maligned, um, you know, through a, some of his own play and his own doing, but it's also like it's not his fault he got picked where he did ahead of these dudes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey, this is your chance, Marvin. <laughs> like, and let's yeah. see what you got, you know, and on an interesting team with some nice young players. Um, shout out to my guy, Isaiah Stewart. He's like one of my favorite players. It'll be, uh, it'll be nice to see him play next to Stewart, man. Yeah. So, so that, that, that was an interesting part of that, of that trade. Was there any other trades that uh, kind of caught your eye today or this week? Uh, well, the, the Dallas Porzingis to yeah. Washington trade. Yeah. I found that interesting because to me, again, as somebody who's primarily a Warriors fan, to me it was like, well, Porzingis is healthy, right? He's been playing this season, yeah. right? So they were just like, okay, he's healthy. Let's sell, 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 sell. And so they moved his contract. They got Dinwiddie and Davis yeah. Bertans. Yeah, so they have a, a scorer who can replace the injured Tim Hardaway Jr., yeah. you know, and give Luca somebody else to put up points and create shots. And they got the sloped shouldered <laughs> Bertans who can hit threes as good as anyone. He can do what Porzingis can do from deep. So I think it's a it's a good move on Dallas's part to get off of um uh Porzingis and move on from from all that stuff. So uh, Washington, not sure what their plan is. I don't know how many years Przingis has on his contract. I don't know what he's got a few to do. more. Yeah. 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 So. It's an interesting trade. I mean, you know, more than anything is just thinking about Porzingis's trajectory and how, how hyped he was. And part of that was like the New York hype and, you know, got traded to Dallas and just things have never, never gone well there. And, you know, a lot of his injuries and, fit and you know maybe the league changing around him in a way and maybe he lost a step from these injuries like who knows what it is but uh it's it's crazy the the league changes fast and your perception in the league changes really fast too um i mean maybe it's an opportunity they re-sign beal um he gets to another chance to be that kind of like uh you know second star on a team you know, on a middling team, but 
going for the play play in next year. So yeah, we'll see. I it's kind of uh yeah, it's just more shocking than anything in a way. And then the Portland deals moving CJ to uh New Orleans. Before that they traded Norm Norman Powell. Yeah. And Robert Covington. And to the Clippers, which is good for the Clippers, I think. Yeah, really good for the Clippers. But um you know, I, I think like everyone else, I was like, oh, okay, time for they're forcing Dame's hand to make him like ask to be traded. But uh, it doesn't look like Dame's going to play this year, right? <laughs> like he's, he's got his abdomen issue. So I feel like it might not be the worst if they're trying to clear space and see if they could draw anybody. But I don't know. I think I think they had to do something. I mean, oh, we, we've talked about this. I mean, we've talked about this, right? We've talked about it where uh, I think the analogy that you put out to me was like that that couple that needs to break up. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, this is the long time coming, and you know, they, we we have literally seen their ceiling, right? They they yeah. played us in that Western Conference Finals, and they couldn't touch us, right? They mm-hmm. it was clearly uh, levels below, and. Um, you know, a, a fun, a fun backcourt, um, good regular season team. They've had their moments, but it, it was clear a long time ago that this needed to happen. And, and, you know, the other thing I was thinking about is like, this is like uh, the Dame and CJ backcourt is kind of like analogous to the, uh, if if Steph and Monte were never broken up, you know what I mean? Just like just two little dudes who just you know good on their own, and but you, it just shows you can't really go far with that, you know. Or as Monte famously <laughs> said, "Can't do it, can't do it, <laughs> can't do it." Uh, so can't Monte it. knew a long time ago he can't do it. By the way, what what do you think of uh, what's probably eventually going to become the king starting backcourt of Davion Mitchell and uh, De'Aaron Fox? Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I the Blazers know. think, you know, they, sure, you know, you, you give yourself this kind of uh, salary flexibility. Uh, they kind of tank a little bit, let Simons develop a little bit. Uh, I can't really imagine any free agents going there or choosing to. I don't know that Dame has that kind of pull nah. either because he's been that kind of like uh, um, lone gunman, <laughs> kind of like man apart for, mm-hmm. for so long. Um, and he doesn't seem like one of those dudes who's like like homies with like every no, exactly. know, all-star <laughs> player. Exactly. You know? like, oh, come play exactly. with us, you know? Yeah. So I don't I don't see that happening, but maybe a sign and trade is is possible. You know, you trade somebody into that slot, and 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 maybe they get a good draft pick. Who knows? And you know, we all we all love Dame. If you're from the Bay, you love Dame, and yep. wish yep. him the best. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's like okay, we we're making space. We're gonna try to get some dudes, and hey, if we have a, a Dame. It's gonna we're gonna need your help to recruit people, and oh. We, we couldn't we didn't get enough dudes we tried uh portland season ticket holders <laughs> uh so we're gonna have to trade dame because he's gonna want out and blah 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 you know who knows yeah. i mean that's maybe how it ultimately plays out 
The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TBPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 and over, minimum age and local requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN redline 1-800-889-9789 in connecticut call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in new york call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text h-o-p-e-n-y 467-369 any other trades for you that had you intrigued no not not really i mean i think i think you know the bucks uh getting ibaka was helpful for them as like insurance against uh you know brooke lopez probably not coming back and uh you know i think they're on the upswing and uh i i feel like they should be the favorite in the east so that was a good move for them but you know otherwise things are kind of all fringy moves um you know there's a few moves that i i would have liked to have seen rashawn holmes go to charlotte instead of uh montrez harrell but you know uh it's not mm-hmm. it's not it's not my money. It's not my team. <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, buy out candidates. And, um, you know, I, I think we talked already a little bit about, you know, what if any of these affect the Warriors? And I don't think any of them really do. Um, you know, sure, the Pelicans with CJ maybe get into the play-in and then they get the seventh seed and we play them in the first round. But like, whatever. I mean, that's um, assuming Zion comes back, right? Yeah, and but whatever, right? But <laughs> but I think I think what most, I guess, you know, I've been thinking about is, and I saw some hand hand ringing on Warriors Twitter about this today, and like, why won't Bob do anything? Um, I but think I, I saw it, that. <laughs> I but think I saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's but so I. I'm curious, like, do you, are you worried about the Warriors' uh, center depth right now? Because that seemed to be the 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 worry of the day. And what what <laughs> might you do to address it? Nothing, something, Mark Gasol. Yeah, yeah it's funny, right? Because after the Warriors' <laughs> loss uh, to, God, I'm trying to play who the Jazz, right? And the yeah. West on White side, seven offensive. <laughs> Seven block shots. He owns the paint. <laughs> um, after that, I I think I said on the podcast that oh, you can get some people who are like clamoring for a trade even more so because like we need a big man, we need a set. Well, you know, it's not enough. But bottom line is like there's only a couple dudes who you have to worry about. Really, it's like Embiid, Jokic. Uh, Draymond, as long as he's healthy, knock on wood. That's a big if, no matter what, right? Like if he's mm-hmm. not healthy, we're not only going to worry about like these centers, we're going to worry about other dudes too, right? Mm-hmm. If Draymond mm-hmm. can't can't go and he's <laughs> not right, 
So I'm not necessarily worried. You know that I believe in Wiseman. You've talked to me about how Wiseman just needs to come back. And when when he's needed, give like honestly, like eight to fifteen minutes yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. Like yeah. give somebody like that can foul the hell out of Jokic a few times, make him uncomfortable, make him work hard trying to guard lobs, all this, you know, that kind of stuff. You don't need somebody who's going to have to, we need him to start and play 35 minutes a game this year. That's, that doesn't matter. You know, it's and, almost like, like people don't remember what JaVale McGee did that, that year that he played for us. It was just like, he came in and he played eight or 10 minutes, got a few lobs and a few blocks and, you know, the energy dude, like that's all they need. Exactly. Right? And, and then it's also like for the folks that were saying like, Bob, get off your, you know, uh, you know, who did you think was out there uh, that is better than they have? And at what cost would that come? And sure, you know, we as fans, we are not worried about luxury tax, but I'm not even talking about that kind of cost. Like you want to give a, a first round pick you want to, you know, and a player like, is it worth it mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. I can't even think of who is out there, you know, exactly. Um, so I, I I just I just don't I just don't see it. You know, the other thing is, sure, there's matchups that you could worry about. You know, again, like Embiid, if they make it, sure, that's that's an issue, and you deal with that when you get to there to the finals. Um, I, I would say, I mean, my level of concern, I would say, is in the yellowish orange range. Um, but that's just my <laughs> disposition. But uh, I mean, I would worry about playing Memphis. Uh, I don't, I'm not worried about Gobert. I'm not worried about um, Jokic um, in terms of matchups. Obviously they're both great players, but I'm worried about Memphis just in general, but they also have size. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I was thinking about that today and at the same time, you know, sure you can be scared of that. Um, but I think the Warriors, you know, I mean, the Warriors full of, like really cocky people, right? Mm-hmm. They really yeah. believe in themselves. They re- believe in their system. They believe in their philosophy. Like it's an ideological kind of uh, uh, approach, right? It's like border, border we're, we're going to, yeah, we're going to make, if it, when in a playoff series, we're going to make the other team play our game, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we bend, they bend to us, right? Mm-hmm. And And I think that that happens in playoff series. It's like, who who's win, winning the kind of ideological battle, the stylistic battle? How is mm-hmm. this game going to be played? And that was the whole point of like death lineup, right? Is, you know, speed these games up, um, you know, cause chaos uh, enough to where uh, Stefan and Clay can just get hot and bomb, bomb threes, right. Mm-hmm. And back cuts and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and that still applies in this situation. So if you're worried about Steven Adams, I sure, you know, I can be worried about Steven Adams, Jaron Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's legit, but. And let's face it. You got to play us too, you know? Yeah. Let's face facts. Like if the Warriors hit some shots yesterday, the game is different, you know, uh, against the jazz. And here's the thing, right? If the Warriors aren't healthy going to the playoffs, if they, you know, like, like against the jazz, for some reason, they don't have clay. They don't have Draymond. They don't have, under Godala, then they're in trouble. Then no they're last what. year's team. Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. last year's team. Exactly. And and then 
But if they do have those guys, Hassan Whiteside isn't going to stay on the court. You know what I mean? And he shouldn't actually have stayed on the court, but the Warriors just play badly. I'm not concerned about anything like like that at all. You know, bottom line. I, 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 w- I would say, though, and, and this is my own frustration as well, is, is that, you know, if Bielitsa was playing better, uh, I think people would feel better, right? Yeah. Like, he's definitely not that, you know, big um physical five like he's just gonna get tossed around in certain matchups but he does compete but i think yeah. if he was hitting shots as that kind of stretch five which you know we all thought he would be uh but now he thinks he, he's like a playmaker right because yeah. draymond pumped him up right yeah. um it's just like if he made better decisions or just, you know, or just shot, just shoot the ball. Right. Like I, I, I'm okay with those like long threes more than the kind of uh, automatic turnover that right. anytime he does a dribble drive. So I, I think, it, but yet he still gets minutes and that's, what's frustrating. And I think that like this, this desire for uh, a different type of center or more center depth is partially because of that. It's because yeah. his turnovers and, you know, and, like the idea of Bielitsa to Kerr or the coaching staff is better than the reality. And, and, and maybe they're holding out hope that he'll, it'll, it'll snap and, and he'll, he'll get it. But uh, um, I, I think that's what's behind some of that, the hand wringing too. But I would also say too, is that, you know, Bielitsa has been out for however many, what, four, four or five games. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kaminga's kind of been playing that backup five role in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. And, uh, and, for the most part, it's been pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Even even as you know, as a uh, attacking the rim or shooting threes and just general energy guy. And so maybe they saw that and was like, you know what? Like, if worse comes to worse, like this could work as mm-hmm. a as a bench guy um, playing this kind of small ball five, right? Mm-hmm. And let me clarify: it's like. I don't care that the Warriors didn't make a trade uh, for a center to try to shore up the center position or whatever at the trade deadline. And the idea that, you know, if they need somebody, and we talked about this earlier in the season, you brought up Marc Gasol, you know what I mean? And so, like, hey, to me, that's still on the table if it's Marc Gasol or if it's somebody else. But the thing is, they don't need, as you alluded to, they don't need to trade for some like big name center, you yeah. know, what they totally. need is to see how Draymond's back improves, how Wiseman's knee improves, and then see if they need to sign somebody else, whether it's a buyout guy, because they need like fringe help, right? They they need like, they would need something like that. So that's what the buyout market is for. And as opposed to the last couple of years, the buyout market for the Warriors would be, they'd be pretty, pretty damn attractive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's where I would look to clean things up a little bit if they needed to, right? And so that's you know, all the hand wringing and all that jazz. It's like, it's like, oh, please, man, you know, like just, just chill. Like this team is very, very good. It's not perfect, but I like who they have, and there's still an opportunity to make adjustments if necessary moving forward. And look across the league. There are no perfect teams 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I could say maybe Phoenix's roster construction is the most balanced, mm-hmm. but out, you know, but I'm sure a Suns fan would be like, oh, we kind of need this or that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So we all we all feel that way. Every team feels that way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not too worried about it right now. I'm I'm I just want to see Draymond get healthy and let's uh, let's get some contact uh, scrimmages for for James Wiseman. And speaking of the the buyout market, I, I do want to bring up one other team. <laughs> I read a tweet that said that Rob Palenka, Lakers didn't make any moves. <laughs> and I then Rob Palenka, he's just going to look at the buyout market to improve the Lakers roster. <laughs> and I don't know. I just thought that was funny because I, I was just saying that the Warriors are very attractive to players, you know, yeah. on the buyout market. But the uh, the Lakers who are currently four games under 500, how attractive is that? <laughs> And and by all accounts is like a, you know, it's a, it's kind of a circus in that locker room. So uh, it's a, it's pretty dark down there. So, but you know, the the one name that I hadn't heard yet, and I was just reading uh, Hollinger, uh, thirty nine wins predicted for the Warriors, John Hollinger. Um, <laughs> but uh, he noted that Robin Lopez might be a buyout candidate, and. Um, if you remember, like, I think it was 2019, maybe yeah, that, yeah. uh, they, they, they had something lined up and then the bulls didn't want to let him go or something like that. Yeah. Um, that would be a name outside of Marcus soul that I'd be interested in that, uh, yes. big body, uh, still useful, um, can pass a little bit, has a little funky hook shot, um, that would be a player I'd be interested in at the expense of Bielitsa. That seems very interesting to me. I I would totally take Robin Lopez on this team. I mean, he would be perfect for, you know, doing the dirty work, you mm-hmm. know, like as a veteran presence going up against, I mean, he irritates guys, right? <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah. Irritate the hell out of Jokic, Embiid, his own brother. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's likely, but you, know, you never know. You never know. But uh, I also do want to say about Jokic is like, uh, yes, you need, you know, Jokic is Jokic, but like in general, I don't fear the Denver Nuggets because of, I mean, their their starting lineup has been decimated. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So um, that's another reason why, like, okay, fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Anything else on this? Yeah, I I, I do have a I yeah. do have a last thing, and um, so I wanted to just talk briefly about um, the the best and uh and worst Warriors deadline deals of the past. Now, these are only the ones that are uh happened at the deadline. So actually, so I was looking at it. Um, you know, I thought I was like, oh, Monte for Andrew Bogut. Uh, that'll be up there. It's like didn't happen at the deadline, so so can't count that. Um, but so I went on NBA.com and they have like an archive. It goes all the way back to uh, 1987 of of um, of uh, trades that were made at the did de- at the deadline. Wait, when was um, the Monte trade? Like, was that before? Like, how far ahead of the deadline was it? Uh, you know what? I don't have the exact date, okay. but uh, I think it was like relatively far in advance uh, okay to go 
research that a little bit. Okay. Um, but uh, so I wanted to get your your sense of uh, uh, do you want to start with this one to me is easily the worst. Uh, do you want to talk about the worst or do you want to debate which one is the best? Oh, let's go with the worst, man. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, I think uh, when I tell you the year, I think you'll 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 notice this. Oh, let me guess. It. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. No. Well, tell me the year, and I'll. I'll... Nineteen ninety six. Tim Hardaway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tim Hardaway for Bimbo Coles. Uh, was that the Ronnie? Did Ronnie Cycli come over for that? No, no, no. no. Okay. Ronnie Cycli was uh, was earlier, but this is okay. Tim Hardaway and Chris Gatling. Yes, um, all star Chris Gatling, I think, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, all star later, uh, uh, Tim Hardaway and Chris Gatling for Kevin Willis, Alligator Arms, oh, and yeah. uh, and Bimbo Coles. Oh God, it was only what two dudes. Rem- yeah, like, what do uh, what do you remember of this trade? I, okay, so. Like we were saying, that is one of those trades from the '90s era that, like the, I mean that the, the Halliburton Kang's trade, <laughs> yeah, that, the Halliburton trade isn't that bad because Sabonis is a legit player. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's that kind of thing where it's like, okay, well, you know, it's it's like, hey, John Starks used to be an All Star, and you know that that kind of thing for Sprewell, right? Um, but anyway, this that trade, I was so angry <laughs> i was so <laughs> mad i remember the you know bimbo coles can't hold my jock comment that uh <laughs> tim hardaway made and i was like yes that is true that is true because <laughs> that was an era where everybody undervalued wa- the warriors organization and their players the warriors and- organization themselves undervalued exactly <laughs> and undervalued everything and i was like this is awful this is awful it was it was like just such a whirlwind of trash because tim hardaway i loved that guy you know mm-hmm. and when he got drafted in 89 his he was like that little dude who you know the he was the toughest he was the, their yeah. toughest player yeah 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 and the knuckleball three pointer, you know, <laughs> um, and that was just very saddening to me because they picked Sprewell over Timmy, you know, mm-hmm. and he, sure Hardaway's coming off that ACL, but he went to Miami and then you know he played well for Miami. He went to the I think playoffs. he made like at least three All Star games after that too, or some yeah. something like that. Yeah, like that- he, yeah, it, people thought he was washed, and he clearly wasn't. And there was one year that I think he was like fourth in MVP voting, which was crazy to me at the time. And I was like, oh, great. You know, we, we got rid of that guy. So I, I don't know. I just was just so I was just so pissed off about that trade, man. I thought it was terrible. There were no nothing, nothing good about it. And I hated Bimbo Cole's game. He was just, again, one of those dudes, that era where the Warriors had no athletes. They had a yeah. bunch of dudes who could dribble around, couldn't get past anybody. And they were all just bench role players thrust into starting positions. Yeah. Period. I think I conv- I tried to convince myself that this was going to work out. I was like, oh, Bimbo Coles averaged, you know, 12, 12 <laughs> points and six assists. I think it will work out. Kevin Willis. I think Kevin Willis was a former all-star as well. Uh, he used to be like a double-double machine when he was with the Hawks, right? <laughs> and uh, and I, I think I think he only played that last couple of months. And 
this is a disaster. This is a disaster. This is just one of those, you know, uh, trades in a line of trades where the warrior outgoing warriors player ended up being an all-star or doing really well the next the next place they went so mm-hmm. uh it was brutal and i i loved tim hardaway as well um i i remember when uh do you remember when don nelson used to like post him up like <laughs> he like put tim yeah. hardaway on the block yeah. and uh he, he was all right he was all right at that so you know he was he was just you know an entertaining player um you know one of those kind of classic warriors moves and yeah, uh, I grew up I grew up trying like you know the killer crossover you know like trying yeah. to perfect that thing you know what I mean and this is before yeah. obviously like YouTube so like I don't know how are you gonna watch it <laughs> <laughs> you'd see it on the like uh warriors promo commercial you know right. like or or like the uh the the local McDonald's ad and or whatever this is before DVRs so yeah. like <laughs> you know like oh I missed it <laughs> Wait till the next commercial break. Yeah. Yeah. You know? ah, man. Oh, it's what bad. else? It's bad. Okay. Well, so that was, I mean, that was easily the worst. I mean, there was some few other fringe deals. Like there was a Uve Blob deal. Um, Uve. But, uh, yeah. Uh, one of the best uh, names of Warriors past. But okay, mm-hmm. let's let's move on to the best. Um, and I'm going to ask you what which one you think is better. Um, all right. The ob- an obvious one, and this is a little bit of recency bias, um, but I think it's obviously already working out, is the D'Angelo uh, Russell, Omari Spellman, Jacob Evans for Andrew Wiggins, a 2021 first, which is Kaminga, and a 2021 second round, which was traded to Oklahoma City see. as part of the, uh, the uh, Kelly Oubre uh, mm-hmm. trade exception deal. And that turned into uh, Miles McBride, and uh, I don't know him too well um okay so there's that um mm-hmm. there that's gonna have to you're gonna have to deal with a little bit of uh speculating on that one how mm-hmm. good that one will be but obviously one of the best and number two okay uh oh i want you to guess this one 2005 baron davis yeah yeah so baron yeah. davis got baron davis uh for speedy claxton and dale davis yeah um I was stoked about that one. I, yeah. I love that Baron Davis. <laughs> yeah, that was, was an like, amazing trade. Oh my God, we got Baron Davis? This is like, you know, again, the era when still you couldn't get big name players to come to the Warriors. I mean, and, and they couldn't. They they traded for him. And so at the time, I thought Baron Davis was, could have been like the best all-around point guard in the league for a while, especially during the We Believe years. I was like, oh, he he is big enough to play defense like Jason Kidd and he's good enough on offense to, you know, maybe, I mean, obviously he jacked up a lot of shots and he wasn't Steve Nash, but like, you know, in a way he was as effective in his, went at his best. Mm-hmm. So, okay. You're asking me which one I think is the better trade. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to fight the recency bias, man, especially since, like, I've done countless podcast episodes about the D'Angelo Russell, Andrew Wiggins, Kaminga trade. Um, But I will go with the D'Angelo Russell, et cetera, for Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga because for all the things I've said about Kaminga before we got him, and since we got him, uh, I just love what he 
brings, I think, getting those two pieces and where Wiggins and Kaminga can take the Warriors, not just this season or next season, but in the case of Kaminga, the next, hopefully, at least 10 seasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that. And then also the fact that that it was like a draft pick. I don't know, like the whole, like the, the fun, the, the speculation of looking at Tankathon, looking oh, at the lottery. He, he looking kept at, us like, entertained for a whole year. <laughs> yeah. And, and all those dudes who were in this excellent 2021 draft class, it just made it so interesting, you know, like the, the Baron Davis thing. Yeah. Like as far as I remember for me, at least like it just came out of nowhere and I was like, Oh, cool. You know, this is awesome. But for this, I didn't like D'Angelo Russell's game. Obviously, it's awful, not fun to watch. I don't like how how he fit with the Warriors at all. And to move him and get these other dudes, like it's going to pay dividends. Now, if Baron Davis, you know, if like the We Believe team lasted longer, had a greater legacy, you know, maybe maybe uh, my opinion is a little bit different. Yeah, you know? yeah, but yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, two guys instead of one. I'll, I'll take the two guys, right? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I think the you know that will have Kaminga for at least you know four or five more seasons at least, and um, you know, I think it's also the the kind of crescendo of of the Wiggins trade is that like yeah, when he was like oh okay yeah, I mean. That seems about right. D'Lo for Wiggins, like, eh, you know, but that Wiggins has gotten better and has fit so well, like, yeah, just makes it like, you know, that story is yet to be written, like, of the Wiggins and Kaminga thing. But uh, even already, like, uh, uh, the beginning of that story is pretty good. Um, you know, the the Baron Davis chat is is like a short chapter. You know, like, mm-hmm. he, you know, how many de- seasons did he play? He played, you know, three seasons for us, four seasons. Yeah. It wasn't very long. I mean, the it was super exciting because he, you know, that's the type of deal that always happened to us, right? Like, we yes. got this two, the two, like, crappy players back, right? Um, and we that's traded the Tim, out the that's All-Star. the Tim Hardaway trade, yeah, almost, yeah. right? So, so that felt really good to kind of be on the other end of that like for once and uh i mean i was always a big fan of his like you know like seeing him at ucla if you watch those ucla highlights if for the warriors fans who don't know baron davis go watch his ucla like uh highlight reels like the guy was amazing at ucla Um, he was so athletic i mean he was so thick but he could just his dunks were amazing they were amazing yeah in college so i i mean i was i was so hyped for that and and yeah the we believe team was was great and you know gave us one playoff run of extreme <laughs> excitement uh but uh i yeah i i got to go with the more sustained what i think we foresee is a more sustained success of the wiggins and uh so maybe less of a of a of a high but uh, more sustained um, success going forward so far, so far, right? Like the, the that's there, true. There may be many, many highs yet to come. And I mean, you said right there, it's like, it's still evolving this Wiggins Kaminga trade and seeing like all the facets of it, you know, like, like you were, like you mentioned, like Wiggins, like can the warriors culture make him better? Can Wiggins within himself 
improve, you know, became an all-star starter, you know, with, with caveats or whatever. And I think K-pop caveats. Yeah. And like <laughs> all the other, like, you know, Kawhi and Paul George being injured and everything. I, I voted um, for Wiggins on the double vote day. So <laughs> it's fine. Zion, <laughs> Zion being out. Um, but yeah, that this particular story is still being told. And I don't know if you listened to it, but I talked a couple of days ago on the podcast about how I was just scrolling through uh, Twitter and looking up stuff about the anniversary of the the Warriors Wolves trade. And there are a lot of Wolves fans that vehemently believe that they flat out won this trade. <laughs> and I, I'm a pretty pragmatic, practical person uh, at this point in my life. And I will obviously say like, I understand what Wiggins was for them. And I understand that yep. bringing Russell helped keep Carl Anthony Towns and it's working for them. They're getting better. You know, yeah. like they got yeah. Anthony Edwards who I, I love that guy as a player and great. You know what I mean? But do not tell me like on, on paper <laughs> that D'Angelo Russell is better than a combination of Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga, especially when, you know, my opinion has always been uh, since, you know, since we were able to draft Kaminga and, I don't think it's a stretch to say at this point that like Kaminga is going to be the best player out of that trade. Mm-hmm. You know, if things track properly as they've been going, he's going to be uh, the best out of all three of them. I mean, I guess all five, if you count Spellman and Jake. <laughs> Who's back with the Warriors anyway. So Spellman <laughs> should be back with the Warriors, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Whew, man, I enjoy the trips down memory lane. With you, man. It's a, it's, it's, you you got to remember the, the past and where we've been, right? So. <laughs> yeah. Or we, you got to remember, or we'll be doomed to repeat it. But yeah, it is great being on the other side because, like, of, of these trades and being like on the, uh, uh, haha, we won this trade <laughs> side. That's awesome. Feels good. That was a very, very uh, thorough, I'll say, like, uh, you know, don't call it a comeback, man. You've, you've been here for years, you know? <laughs> Very, very solid episode. Well, uh, cool, man. Thanks uh, for coming on. And, um, you know, looking forward to talking to you more during the the stretch run. Yeah. Let's go, Warriors. Can't wait for Wiseman to come back. Let's go, Trey <laughs> yeah. and Wiseman. <laughs> All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. You can find Aram at Aram Collier, A-R-A-M-C-O-L-L-I-E-R. Hit us up at OaklandWarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen to the Oakland Warriors podcast. It's produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts. And on Apple Podcasts, say nice stuff about us in review. That would be much appreciated. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time.